As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, yet really wants top quality soil, I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality with rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification. Their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden. Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert. Anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, coastofmaine.com. I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, Medics. Thrive Cosmetics and Bigger Than Beauty skincare are not just makeup brands, they're a whole vibe. They're all about empowering us to rock our confidence, and when you support them, we are helping other communities thrive. Their stuff is not only easy to use, but 
no nasties, zero parabens, sulfites, phthalates. They are 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Let's talk lashes. Thanks to Thrive's liquid lash extensions, I must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush. It adds lengths. There are no clumps. And also, guess what? It slides right off with warm water. So no raccoon eyes here. And I appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. And it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. Close encounters of the fourth kind is when you're taken on board an ET craft. And then the, uh, the fifth kind is human initiated contact, where you know it's not just something that's happening randomly, but you're actually trying to make contact and they respond to your intention. And they show up and they interact with you. And you know sometimes it's just seeing a craft in the sky. Sometimes it's a flesh and blood ET that will materialize in front of you. And, and sometimes it gets really crazy. Like in the movie, we show a guy named Ed Moen who had almost complete hearing loss. Now let the magic begin. Hello, hello, soul tribe. Jaima, Jaima. <laughs> it is Raquel, I am on a hike again i am so actually thankful that i left my microphone in california because it's given me this excuse to just want to record outside using the voice memo see a lot of people may intimidate one from starting a podcast because it seems like it's a lot of expense and different equipment but to be honest yes it's better quality when you get better equipment and I do prefer it, but actually, who am I kidding? I prefer to be outside and chatting in my phone instead of indoors, especially when it's just so nice outside and I'm in Utah, which has the best weather right now, in my personal opinion. So that being said, I know there are a lot of podcast courses out there. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, how do I start a podcast? Well, first... I've talked about this a lot. It really is super simple. And you really can just start using your voice memo app like I am right now till you're really able to afford it. All the other steps, really easy to Google. <laughs> it's so easy. So I just want you to know it's not difficult. And I'm recording this the day of posting, which is nice. So yesterday I posted a very deep poem for my mom which my mom doesn't cry a lot she holds a lot of stuff in and she was tearing up and that just made me cry so thank you for everybody who read it and yeah that made her feel very loved which means a lot it means so much more than you know 
And happy Mother's Week to all the mamas out there. You all have this force that we have not even tapped into if we have not yet ever been a mom that we have yet to understand if we even choose to. And I just want to acknowledge the fact that I know that you sacrifice so much and it's such a spiritual journey and gift to be a mom. So yeah, I honor you. Happy Mother's Week. We celebrate you all week. Though let's be honest, you deserve to be celebrated every damn day. This week as well, I will be on Jordan Younger's podcast, The Balanced Blonde. That was really fun to just talk about, chat about. And there was so much more that we wanted to talk about that we didn't dive into. So perhaps one day we'll do a part two. She's going to come on this podcast after her water fast. And now today's episode though. All right, let's just get into today's episode. So I actually felt called to ask Brie Melanson, my girl Brie, who's been doing retreats with me, to join co-host this particular podcast because she is so deeply fascinated by aliens and UFOs and she had yet to share her story and she does share bits of it on this episode when it comes to alien connection and I'm so proud and happy that she shared it finally and yeah I can't wait for her to explore that more and we were on the edge of our seats when we watched this movie Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind which features Stephen Greer who is perhaps the leading ufologist in the ET study space and he's worked with a lot of big people behind the scenes and he discloses a lot in the movie on alien visitations abductions and ufos and so much more it's fascinating and in this episode we chatted with the very talented director of the movie michael mazzola and his journey to open up to this information is like many others who at first perhaps started completely agnostic or atheist and then started opening up to things that are beyond what science has proven or beyond what we can physically see though when it comes to this stuff there's a lot of evidence-based information for you science geeks out there so it's really it's fascinating it's fascinating the detail we get into and I'm also very impressed by how he put this documentary together so indeed check out the movie there are CE5 as in close encounters of the fifth kind communities out there oh it is starting to rain yes Anyway, I hope that you enjoy this episode, and it was fun to have Brie co-host. Maybe I'll have random co-hosts on occasion, especially if they're my close friends. And, and, I feel like there's something else. Well, and, oh yeah, the Euromagic.life website is still 40% off for the one-time payment. If you are interested, we have new meditations up and different spiritual tools. I also appreciate any feedback. If there's anything you want me to do, uh, someone suggested recording audio for the tools because they prefer listening instead of reading. I set a date to start doing some of that. That will obviously take time because there's a lot on there, but that gives me time to also look and see if there's anything that needs to be updated or tweaked as I've been exploring more. Everything has shifted and changed, especially in this day and age our world in general is obviously changed um but there are definitely tools to help you through quarantine and i thought that it'd be nice to have a big discount because i know for a lot of people uh, it's not that you're scarce you're still abundant it's just money is a little tighter for many many for a great majority of the collective 
guess what? That's okay. Later this week, I have an announcement. And so to stay tuned for that, I'll probably post that Wednesday or Thursday. And yeah, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode. And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Michael Mazzola. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being here today. Seriously, it means the world. And we're so excited to just hear about everything when it comes to your experience and creating this documentary and also your experiences with having any contact. Thank you so much for having me. I, no one ever asked me to do interviews. So I, you know, it was kind of weird, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I love uh, that. I love that. Did you did you see the previous film Unacknowledged? Because no. Close okay, so Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind was kind of a sequel to Unacknowledged, and that that first chapter of CE Five, that first like forty minutes, is kind of like a recap of Unacknowledged. We kind of just blow through a lot of information really fast, but we unpack all of that much more thoroughly in Unacknowledged. It's on Netflix, so you can check it out. Yes, uh, perfect. When I met Dr. Greer back in the end of 2015, he, um, you know, we were making plans for Unacknowledged and he was kind of telling me his vision for this movie. Uh, and he made it clear on that first day I met him that Unacknowledged was the right movie for that moment in time, but the film he had dreamt of making for 30 years was Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Mm -hmm. And that's what everything in his career was, le was leading up to. People know him for the Disclosure Project. I'm sure you're familiar with that the big press conference that he did, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but that, you know, that was something that he didn't go seeking out. He, he didn't want to be the Disclosure guy. Um, he was really just interested in, you know, he started off as a meditation teacher and he was just, you know, quietly teaching small groups of people how to initiate contact with, with ETs. And that's how he got on the radar of these intelligence communities and government officials and it's kind of how he got dragged into doing the disclosure project. But his, his core mission, his real work has always been you know, teaching people how to access these higher states of consciousness. And, you know, people, people start doing CE5 because they want to see an alien, right? That's what it's all about. They want to see a UFO. But when you start doing it, you realize that that's, like, as cool as that is, that's the least interesting aspect of it. It's, you know, people start doing CE5 to see an alien, but they stick around and do it for 10, 20, 30 years because of the transcendent states of consciousness that they experience um, in these deep meditative states and in these sort of, you know, these sort of shared moments with these super spiritually advanced beings. Um, and it, it's totally transformative and, you know, we put out this film hoping to inspire people to just give it a shot. And honestly, I thought that nobody would watch this movie and the response has been absolutely crazy. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blabbing. So I'm sure you have a question. 
Um, oh, well, many, absolutely. And I'm really curious about your experience as well. But the audience is probably like, what is CE5? What in the world is all this? So before we get into that, I first actually want to hear a bit about you and your journey and what led you to want to dive into this work and also create a documentary around all of this. Okay. Well, I, I became like a diehard atheist <clears throat> when I was a teenager. It was actually right before my, my confirmation, which is like uh, the Catholic equivalent of a bar mitzvah. Oh um, and, you know, I hated anything supernatural, anything conspiracy themed. <clears throat> and I loved like arguing with people and just, <laughs> I, I was really unpleasant. And uh, I loved debunking, you know, you know, claims of psychic abilities. And I loved James Randi and Christopher Hitchens and all these people. I really had a lot of fun being kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> I would have, I had a lot of atheist skeptic friends who used to say, oh, I wish I could believe in God, or I wish I could believe in aliens, or I wish I could believe in psychic phenomenon, but you know, there's just no evidence for it. And I would say, why would you want to believe in that stuff? Like, I'm very happy that all this stuff is fake. I am very, very comfortable and happy in my materialist, reductionist universe. <laughs> This, you know, impersonal physical universe. I love it. That's the way I want it to stay. I don't want it to be real. And, uh, and then, you know, I started looking at arguments against my own position because I wanted to be able to just smack down anybody who disagreed with me, right? I, want, I sought out the best arguments. And then, you know, the moment I did that, my position totally collapsed. And I realized that I had just been regurgitating straw man arguments that are, you know, put out there by fake skeptics. You know, they're not really skeptics. They, they, they love to call themselves skeptics, um, but they're really just cynical debunkers. Yeah. And, and they promote total straw man um, uh, arguments. And it's really embarrassing. So I was like, oh, crap. You know, I've been wrong about everything. Um, and, uh, and then I asked myself, why? Why did I not want this to be real? Because like I said, I had so many, you know, super skeptical friends who wanted it to be real, but they couldn't, they didn't feel there was enough proof for it. But I was totally against it being real. So I asked myself, well, why was that? Why was I so biased against it? And the best answer I could come up with was that, you know, if all this stuff is real, I kind of have to take responsibility for that information. And I have to take responsibility for, uh, for my own happiness and responsibility for creating my own reality. If, if you're living in an impersonal, cold, dead universe, you know, you, you're just the victim of circumstance. You know, it's not your responsibility, um, which I think, I think people underestimate how people in this community underestimate how attractive that is and how safe that is. Um, I think so many people in this community think that everyone wants this stuff to be real um, and they just need to see the evidence for it. But the truth is, if this was about the evidence, we would have, uh, we would have won the argument, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, there was such an overwhelming amount of evidence for, for ETs, 
and the science of consciousness and remote viewing. I mean, it's, it's not in dispute. It, it, it's absolute case closed. So it's, it's, not, it's not really, um, it's not really about evidence. It's about, you know, it's about ideology. Um, and it's about fear of having to take responsibility for really outrageous information. So, you know, when I accepted that, I, I decided I had to do something about it. And so I co-founded a company, uh, a quantum physics R&D company called Entangled, uh, based on the research out of uh, the Princeton Pair Lab, where they were studying mind-matter interaction. We're, you know, we're still working on it. We're, we're building apps that you can affect with your mind. You can go to entangle.org and, and see that. Um, and then I donated money to Sirius, which was Dr. Greer's first movie. And I, I connected with some really cool people at the premiere of that. And then when I heard that he wanted to make another film, I threw my hat in the ring and I was selected to do it. So that's how I, that's how I got started. And I'm sorry that was such a long answer. I loved every minute of it though. That was amazing. And I had no idea. Untangled, untangled.org you said, right? Entangled. Yeah. Entangled. Okay. Entangled. Into it. On it. Getting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think all of what you shared was so helpful and pertinent to just things right now. And yeah, so spot on. I have been afraid to come out with things for so long because I know it's going to shake people. So this movie really helped me a lot to, to find the courage to do that. I'm so happy. You know, we don't want people to think that it's just, yeah, what's the nice way of putting this? Just like freaks and losers who, who see ETs, you know, um, it's, it's, it's normal. It's mm -hmm. normal everyday people, you know, professionals, smart people. I know CEOs of major companies uh, who would never publicly say it, but you know, they lean in and they whisper, you know, I've been seeing ETs since I was a kid, you know, and we just wanted to make it safer for people to talk about this and, and it's happening, you know, mm -hmm. not just because I'm not taking all the credit for it. I'm not saying it's just happening because of our movies, but there is a culture shift happening where you're seeing more and more that people have the courage to share their experience. And the moment you do that, you realize you have 12 friends who've been keeping this secret. You know, mm -hmm. my, my own mother was keeping this secret from me. Mm -hmm. Even when I was making Unacknowledged, she was like, you don't really believe this stuff, do you? And then when the film came out, she kind of confessed to me that she had these crazy ET experiences when she was younger. Yeah, and it's just, it's so big, as you said, but you know, what other, what else can we do, but begin to take some baby steps and just like spoon feed in any way that we can. Yeah. And I love that you guys are really putting the messaging out there to make it more accessible. And I think that almost everybody, even people that love to, like you were, say they are a diehard, either agnostic or atheist, there's something deep down where they know that even though that has nothing to do with religion, that there is something else out there besides just these humans and that we're not the only narratives of this entire universe. It's not centered around us. Okay, so what I really am curious about is your personal experience, if you want to share any personal experiences with ETs. The, the best experience that I've had was, uh, there's a guy who produced the film, his name is Jim Martin. He's interviewed in the movie. He's got some of the best footage. Um, he was kind of in a, we filmed him in kind of like a creepy looking garage with a blue light. And he shows some of the image, he, images he shot in uh, Newport Beach. It's the one with the 
the UFO that he's tracking up, it's going up and then it, he asks it to come back and it literally stops and comes back down. So he's one of my, he's one of my dearest friends and he, um, he has this UFO summoning group uh, here in LA. And so, you know, if you go on a retreat with Dr. Greer, you know, you're going out in the wilderness and you're completely secluded and you're doing it in the middle of the night. So it's super dark and it's really beautiful and awesome. People have amazing experiences. Uh, and I thought that was the way you had to do it. But I learned from Jim that that's not the case. So we actually went to MacArthur Park in, um, in, in LA at like two in the afternoon. You know, the, the park was crowded and, you know, it's, you know, it's totally bright and sunny out. And um, we put, as a group, we put out this intention to see something. And we were absolutely surrounded with these really bizarre, they kind of look like trans-dimensional Chinese dragons, you know? Um, and it was, it was just like right, it was right there in front of us. I mean, it was, it was high up. Um, we had to look through cameras to see them, but it was absolutely incredible. And it was happening in a crowded park. Um, I thought that was really cool. And, and we do have the footage somewhere. Um, I, I should find that and publish it. What kind of cameras were you looking in? Um, yeah, they were just like generic Nikon cameras. Okay. They were, mm. they were really far up, but mm. uh, it was, it was really, it was really crazy. It was like a portal had opened in the sky and there was all this metallic, you know, like liquid, metallic, colorful stuff coming in and out. And it was just, it was really crazy. That's why. Wait, what level of contact is that? So there's the five stages of contact, right? Yeah, so stage one, a close encounter of the first kind would be seeing a UFO in the sky. Okay. Um, close encounter of the second kind would be there's some kind of physical trace that's left, like a crop circle or impressions in the ground or something, um, or like a weird electro electromagnetic fields, you know? Um, close encounter of the third kind is when you see the occupant of a craft. That's where the movie title comes from, right? Close encounters of the third kind, the Spielberg movie. Close encounters of the fourth kind is when you're taken on board an ET craft. And then the, uh, the fifth kind is human initiated contact where, you know, it's not just something that's happening randomly, but you're actually trying to make contact and they respond to your intention and they show up and they interact with you. And, you know, sometimes it's just seeing a craft in the sky. Sometimes it's a flesh and blood ET that mm -hmm. will materialize in front of you. And, and sometimes it gets really crazy. Like in the movie, we show a guy named Ed Moen who had almost complete hearing loss. And he asked this ET to heal his hearing and it, and it did and he had complete hearing restoration. And you can see in the movie, the guy's weeping, talking about it. He's, he's, he's not making it up. It was like, it was totally profound for everyone who was there. It was like the next morning he woke up and he went to breakfast with his friends and even he could not only hear what they were saying for once so clearly, because he's been dealing with this since childhood, but he was able to hear the table next to him. I mean, yeah. that brought tears to my eyes. That's so beautiful. And it's because of the master healer that came, he called in, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, 
the, these in you know, the different ET races, I, I'm, it's a question for Dr. Greer. I'm not good at saying, you know, oh, this race is like this, you know, in fact, Greer will always caution against making, you know, he calls it interstellar racism, you know, mm -hmm. saying this race is bad, this race is good. It's true, you know, um, so, but apparently that particular species has a reputation for being master healers. So I, uh, I'm curious, I have my own process of asking, but I, I also don't like to taint, like I don't read a lot about things because I don't want it to taint my perspective or the information that comes in. I also just want to trust it. And I've been abducted a couple times. I don't have conscious memory of it, but I had like extreme fatigue. And then I had these markings on my back, <clears throat> these like perfect dots uh, in the middle of my like upper back uh, in a formation and that happened twice, like same symptoms, just like could not, I didn't have no energy the next day, had the markings on my back, was in the same place near uh, Vancouver and uh, British Columbia, and then looked online uh, for like alien abduction marks. They were like the exact same imprints, you know? I was like, okay. Uh, had no conscious recollection of it. And when I asked, they told me that it was, uh, well, they told me it was a different race than who I usually channel. Um, and they, from what I understand, it was more of like an ethereal body abduction. And they told me that they got information from me and also adjusted some things within me. And I know there's so many different types or maybe not so many different, but there's like the stories of people like, yeah, and then I traveled out that like my body left and went up into a spacecraft or, um, and then also some are beautiful, like this, these healing stories. Uh, and then there's some that are like more traumatic. And I understand that has to do with, you know, different vibrational beings and races. It sounds weird to be like racist. I like that idea of being like, let's not be racist. Like we don't know, <laughs> let's not gather any, prejudgments about things. Um, but I'm curious if you have anything to share, because I think a lot of, there's fear on a larger scale around like, wait a minute, we're not Rome, we're not the only thing that exists. Um, there's that piece, and then there's the other piece of, you know, what you touch on in the, the film, which is, you know, no, they're not going to come get us. And I always kind of laugh at that, because I'm like, obviously, if they wanted to wipe us out, they would, like, their technology is so much bigger like what that thought pattern to me is just crazy um but i am curious if you know anything about the or as you heard you know with, with you know your stories and and research around the different types of abductions and anything yeah, so around that. it's not my area of expertise but i have some mm -hmm. things that i can share and i've never been i've never been abducted but um that you know of that i know of not that i remember but um so there are, there are a few things. So obviously people have really beautiful experiences and people have terrifying experiences. Um, and you mentioned sometimes it's happening on an etheric or astral level and sometimes you're being physically abducted. Um, a lot of the time, um, and we actually, you know, in Unacknowledged, and we included a little piece of it in Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, 
um, interview with a guy named Richard Doty, who was the first one to confess on camera what Dr. Greer's had a lot of insiders tell him, but were, they didn't want to go on camera. They were too afraid um, that there, we've known this for a long time, that there has been a military operation for decades where they go out in these back-engineered UFOs, you know, or, or ETVs, extraterrestrial vehicles, mm -hmm. and they will actually abduct people. And it started with getting people who had some kind of physical deformity, putting makeup on them and going out and terrorizing them as part of their psychological warfare program. It sounds crazy. They absolutely do it. It evolved to the point where now they have these things called program life forms that are basically biological robots with circuits in their brains. They're grown at a facility called Pine Gap in Australia. And they're basically fake aliens that are used to terrorize people. Um, this is all part of the many, many, many layers of disinformation and and fear mongering because you know the, the agenda is we're going to deny it as long as we can and then when we can't deny it anymore we're going to spin it as a threat so they've been denying it and debunking it but at the same time for decades laying this foundation of fear and you know the ufo subculture is totally infiltrated with people on the intelligence agency uh, or other organizations uh payrolls um to to spread fear and disinformation that's not to say, now I'm not saying that everyone who has a terrifying abduction experience, it was definitely a military operation because the ETs are only good. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that's something that you have to consider. Another thing to consider, if you ever saw the movie Fire in the Sky, um, the Travis Walton story, have you seen that? Came out in the 90s, it absolutely terrified me, gave me nightmares for years. It's, um, it's about this guy who was abducted and tortured by aliens. Um, and I know, I know Travis, I've met him many times, and uh, it's based on his real story. He was abducted, there were many witnesses, he was with a group of friends, this UFO appeared in front of him, and he ran towards it <laughs> like an idiot. And, um, and you know, um, he has since, you know, since that film's come out, he has, he's totally dedicated to getting the word out that he has realized that even though this was terrifying for him, um, these ETs meant him no harm. Um, you know, he ran towards this UFO. He, it, it killed him when, I guess when it hit, when he hit its energy field, they brought him back on board and they brought him back to life. They saved his life. But if you think of like, you know, a, a dog that's being operated on by a vet, the dog doesn't understand that the vet is trying to help him, right? Which is absolutely terrifying. So a lot of abduction experiences um, where you have these weird experiments that are happening, um, you know, I, th I personally think that those, a lot of those are really ET uh, real ET experiences and not a covert military operation, um, but that maybe, um, you know, it, we're perceiving it as being terrifying when it isn't. Um, but look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I'm just giving you stuff to think about. It's very possible that there is some kind of insidious alien agenda or whatever, but 
the vast majority of ETs are peaceful and they have our, our best interest in mind and they want us to awaken and take responsibility for our planet. My friend, I'll, I'll say this, I know I'm blabbing, but I'll say one more thing. Oh, you're uh, funny. Uh, my friend Andrea Perrin, um, who's amazing, The Conjuring is based on her experience as a little girl. That was, she grew up in that house and she wrote three amazing books uh, called House of Darkness, House of Light in, in three parts. And she just wrote a book called A Wonder to Behold, which is all about her lifelong ET experience, which is way more interesting than the ghost stuff. Um, but she recently had a contact experience where um, she was taken back to this childhood memory of being on the family farm and going to their chicken coop and seeing little baby chicks hatching. And she reached out to help this baby chick get out of the egg. And, and I think it was her mother who stopped her and said, oh no, sweetie, if you do that, the chick will die. You know, the, the baby chick has to be strong enough to do it on its own. Um, and and, I, and I, I love that as an analogy. She presents this as an analogy for our relationship with the ETs. We can't wait for an ET savior to come down and do all the hard work for us. If, if we're not strong enough to do it on our own, then we're not strong enough to make it and join the galactic family or, or whatever it is. But they are appearing to people who, um, who are ready to see them. Um, and sometimes, you know, you're having really, you know, these, these close encounters of the fourth kind, people being brought on board. And I think there's, there's definitely something going on for them to prepare some of us, but it's not going to be overt until we're ready. That's how they've explained it to me too. Just like that there's so much fear that they have to kind of do this in, in small doses and that they're working with people that are open and that are ready to be a microphone in this particular way or in all the ways. Um, and I was, I've been reading over some old channeled information because since the movie, I was like, okay, I need to come out with it. Like I just need to start talking about it. Cause I already, you know, talk about angels and whatever, you know, different types of apparitions, but I've been in the closet about this and I've been reading through old stuff. And, and just yesterday I read, a piece and they said um, in the future we'll, we will be joining forces and this was back from I think like 2014 the first time that I connected with them and they were kind of like well you know we made you and like they were calling it the experiment and I was like can we use a different word they were like Exper <laughs> experience and I was like thank you <laughs> um, yeah but uh, I'm yeah I just wonder what that will look like you know in it, I, I don't, do you have any like it, maybe inner knowing around um, in addition to what's in the movie and what we're experiencing now, like what that might look like working with them? In terms of the process to get us to, to that point or what, what it looks like after that point? Well, I think us getting there is waking up and becoming really conscious of, you know, it's, it's the inner, inner, but I'm, would you say as well? I mean. Yes. Yeah. Are they going to just beam us with like, <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, I would assume more. I don't know. What do, what do you think about in the future? If we do yeah, get it together. There's, um, I spend way too much time on UFO Twitter and, um, there's an interesting question that was, that was asked. 
um, which was, you know, is CE5 relevant, you know, after we have open contact, open acknowledged contact with, with ETs. Um, and, and for me, I think the question betrays kind of a lack of imagination of what open contact would look like. I don't think that ETs are going to, you know, only communicate with us telepathically until we get to a certain threshold. And then they'll just come down and have a conversation with us like we're having a conversation. I think the contact is always going to be um, telepathic and transdimensional. And it's really a matter of us getting up to their level and not them coming down to our level. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that um, CE5 is, is what open contact is going to look like. And it, it's 100%, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it, it can't be like, okay, guys, let's, let's do, let's develop ourselves spiritually so we can get to this point and then it's just going to be great. It, it's, you know, we, we, <laughs> you know, we have to, we have to keep going and we have to continue to earn our place at that, at that galactic table. We're really, really far behind civilizations that are a million years more spiritually advanced than us. And they want us to succeed, um, but they can't do the hard work for us. I don't know if that answers your question. Um, no, for sure. It's a, no, I like, you know, obviously that perspective, it's, a, it, it's more about us, um, yeah, reaching higher states of consciousness versus when are they gonna come, you know, like hang out with us on our level, yeah. Um, and yeah, one, thing, one thing that gives me, I guess, hope in a sense, well, just also compassion for our human selves is the fact, well, I don't know about the fact, but um, another channel from the 1980s, her name, I think was Helen, she channeled Ra, and I, apparently we are a younger civilization that the ETs are, you know, helping us all uh, align have that my that heart and mind coherency so we can finally just unite together all as one i thought that was an interesting piece in your documentary where you had a little uh snip of trump saying like when we do go out and colonize america we'll take over something like that i'm totally butchering his words but you know the premise of what he was talking about oh we have to have american dominance in space yes american dominance and really though when we do probably colonize another planet or just you know step into uh this universe with the other intergalactic beings will all hopefully at least finally unite but it is part of our evolution as we are waking up we just are shifting from that social justice warrior phase into like full-on compassion and equalization of all beings phase which is a beautiful to witness but um yeah i think that i i'm not too concerned because i feel like the there are individuals that might be slightly more um advanced for the lack of a better word or just those that are more connected than others that but everybody at the same time simultaneously is still hopefully um, able to unite together. Does that make sense? Like we're all finally waking up to this sense of oneness in humanity, which I think is just going to allow us to wake up to this sense of oneness in this intergalactic <laughs> space. Oh, it's, it's happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, what we're seeing, you know, is just 
would have been unthinkable just even five years ago with how the conversation has changed. You know, five years ago, if I said deep state, people look at me like I'm crazy. Now it's being discussed <laughs> on mainstream news, on cable news networks. I mean, it's just, sure. you know, it's, we're, we're in the middle of a massive, massive shift. And, you know, there's something else to answer the previous question of what that sort of post-disclosure world might look like, you know, there are, you know, a lot of people in the disclosure community are really hung up on, we got to get the government to release all these advanced technologies. And the point that Dr. Greer makes in the film, which I, I've always loved this line of his, is, you know, a civilization's technology matches their level of consciousness. Um, and, you know, we didn't go too deep into this in the film because there's, there's so much stuff in there and it's already crazy enough as it is. But, you know, when when um, you know our military witnesses, you know they tell us that when they go on these crash retrieval teams and they you know retrieve you know a downed UFO and they look at the metal under a microscope, it's so pure that we could not replicate it even in a vacuum in space, right? And that's because uh, an extraterrestrial craft isn't being manufactured on like a Ford assembly line in some factory on another planet, the way we would manufacture a car or an airplane. They're literally being manifested, for lack of a better term, out of the, out of the fabric of reality, out of the, out of the, out of the quantum vacuum or, or fabric of space-time, um, through these sort of consciousness technology, tr think of it like a trans, like a telepathic trans-dimensional printer, right? It's kind of weird, but like these, these, you know, 3D material craft, um, the real ones, the ones that are actually extraterrestrial and not the ones that we've built. The ones that we've built, they have seams and rivets and that we, we manufacture them. Um, but the ones that are truly extraterrestrial, they have no seams, they have no rivets, they, they come as one piece. And, and that's because they're, they're literally being manifested. They're projections, they're material projections of the consciousness of the inhabitants. And that's why people who have contact experience, not even CE5, but just people who, you know, have always seen craft in the sky, they get this, they describe this sense of, the craft itself being conscious, you know, this sense of overwhelming love, because the craft is itself a, a, a projection of the consciousness of its inhabitants. I'm sorry I'm not describing this very well. There's no human vocabulary to really articulate this. You're doing um, great. We're not shaking in our shoes. Yeah. <laughs> We're with you. <laughs> the, the point that Greer made in the movie, it went by so fast, most people missed it. But, you know, if you're into like, you know, yoga or, or, or you know, Eastern meditation, they talk about what, uh, what's called the cities, S-I-D-D-H-I-S, which are the abilities that, you know, if you read like Autobiography of a Yogi by uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, he talks about this and how these super advanced yoga masters can, you know, they can, you know, they're telepathic and they can teleport, they can dematerialize, they can bilocate, be in two locations at once. Well, that's exactly what UFOs are doing, right? So when you're talking about a civilization that is a million years more advanced than us spiritually, you know, those cities, those spiritual abilities. So you're talking about a civilization that's, you know, a million years more spiritually advanced than us. Those cities, those yoga abilities 
start to become integrated with their technology. They manifest technologically. So that's, so really when you see, <laughs> you know, this sort of UFO phenomenon, you're actually looking at the, the, the uh, just a, a technological manifestation of those, of those spiritual abilities. Many of us listening, whether we are vegan or not, may benefit from a high-potency B12 like the one Hum Nutrition provides, as B12 is shown to not only support energy levels, but also may influence our mood and hormone balance. And by the way, a deficiency in this can lead to a decrease in protein breakdown and neurotransmitter production. So um, buy brain cells and healthy hair and skin and nails. No, I would like to receive and enhance more of you. <laughs> Actually, what I really do love about Hum as well is that they're not only affordable, like their bottle of B12 30 vegan tablets is psh, only $10. But on top of that, you receive your own magic's discount, which is 20% off. And that is when you use the promo code magic at checkout. And Hum's quality is unparalleled. I have full trust in them as their formulas and ingredients are so meticulously selected to ensure our greatest benefit. And also they make sure to have the least environmental impact as possible. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, gluten-free, GMO-free, and their vitamins are vegetarian and vegan-friendly. And HUM states that in cases where there is a lack of plant-based alternatives, they are actively working with suppliers to develop one. So I have an inkling of a feeling they might want to be fully plant-based, but right now, of course, their vegan inventory has increased over the years, which is absolutely amazing. And they also collaborate with registered dietitians and researchers at top universities to continue providing the best formulas that truly will impact the wealth of our health. It seems as though their focus is really helping our hair, skin, and nails along with our metabolism and digestive health. Ooh, digestive health is huge. But of course, they also have supplements to help with sleep, aging, and getting ripped. <laughs> they have one called Ripped Rooster. <laughs> I've used their gut instinct on and off for years for balancing my digestion and receiving potent high-quality probiotics. And my mom is all about their turn-back time right now, which has polypodium leucotomos. Leucotomos. Leucotomos? Leuco... Leucotomos? You know, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. What I do know is that they are grown in Central America and according to HUM, have been studied for their skin benefits like preventing harmful effects on the skin associated with sunlight exposure. So, um, hi Raquel, I actually do need to get more of that. And it also does help with hyperpigmentation. So, hi. So, there's a variety of offerings that you can choose from and perhaps even consult with one of their personal nutritionists for free and they'll recommend the best nutrients for you and provide a detailed nutrition port taking the guesswork out so that you really can just focus on results. So again, 20% off your HUM order. Just go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code MAGIC at checkout. That's humnutrition.com promo code MAGIC. Now, continuing forward. Yes. 
so wild to know that humans on this earth, and I think that that includes a lot of other people that were just so advanced, perhaps even ETs in human form. It's amazing. Yeah. And they've told me before, which sounds insane, but they were like, your bodies are created to like live forever. You guys just don't believe, you know, it's like all consciousness. Right. And there are those stories of, I read a book, oh God, I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's like a, a really small community in Himalayas that basically are people that live till they're apparently like hundreds of years old and they're, you know, they're doing the by locating and they're levitating and they're doing all these things because they're, they're essentially like living in this bubble of consciousness where, you know, that is believed to be true. They're kind of unscathed by our heavier perceptions. Um, yeah. So I'm very, also very excited about your, what is your app called again? Entangled. And oh, no. yeah. so that was, so I did not create that. Uh, oh, okay. Any credit for it, but mm -hmm. uh, Adam Michael Curry, he's the scientist. He's one of the scientists who's interviewed in the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Good looking, uh, skinny vampire guy sitting on a stool mm -hmm. in a warehouse talking about consciousness. That's Adam. Um, he's amazing. Um, there was so much profound stuff that we did that mm -hmm. he said we didn't have time to include in the film. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he's he's working on that. Um, he's an amazing soul, um, and you know, yeah. What what you just described, I've learned so much from Adam, and and what you just described about this group in the Himalayas. Mm -hmm. You know, he would have a wonderful. I can't speak for him, but he would have a wonderful take on that. You know, mm -hmm. that group you described, they're living in what he would call consensus reality, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's what they're manifesting, um, mm -hmm. and this is what this is the kind of stuff that he's observed for. Um, you know, throughout the course of his research. And are, are you are you familiar, or is your audience familiar with the random number generator research that's been done at- uh, No, but I found that fascinating. I mean, they, people could be, but I, I wasn't aware of it until your movie. Gotcha. So uh, this is really, really interesting because this has been done for, you know, 30 years. There's hundreds of studies on this stuff. Um, it started with a guy named Bob John, who was the, the Dean of Princeton Engineering. Um, and he had created the whole field of plasma physics. It was like a whole generation of spacecraft flying around because of this guy. And he wanted to take uh, an engineering um, uh, approach to understanding consciousness. So they set up this lab at Princeton called the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab. And they were using these devices called random number generators. And basically what, what, are, what an RNG does is it, it looks at some, it measures some kind of super random process in the physical world, like the behavior of quantum particles, something that's super random. And it translates it into a signal of ones and zeros. So you're getting random ones and random zeros. And because it's truly random over time you're getting 50 percent ones and 50 percent zeros it's just it's just like flipping a coin think of it that way but instead of heads and tails it's ones and zeros mm -hmm. until they say okay use the power of your intention to make the device produce more ones instead of more zeros mm -hmm. and then sure enough you know that's what would happen you know if i was flipping a coin and i said hey make me flip you know, telepathically make me flip more heads. And I flip 10 heads in a row, that's probably a coincidence. But if I'm flipping millions of heads in a row, 
at some point we have to say, okay, some outside force is interfering with a, this random process. So what's happening is when you're trying to affect that machine, the random phenomenon that it's measuring becomes more ordered. Therefore, the signal becomes more ordered. Mm -hmm. So they've done a lot of really, really cool. Are you with me so far? Was that, was that too complicated? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, that, I mean, it's complicated, but it does make sense. And it is miraculous how that can happen. Yeah, so, so basically it's, it's like our, our, our minds are, the way we interpret it is our minds are creating some kind of order, right? Mm -hmm. um, out of the randomness and organizing all the events of our lives um, without us really realizing it. So in the movie, um, he described... <clears throat> the experiment they did with a plant where they put a plant um in a room um in, in the corner of a room and there was a um a sun lamp on a rotating arm that was controlled by a random number generator so it was randomly moving around all four quadrants of the room and so because it was random it should have spent roughly an equal amount of time in all four corners but what they found is that it spent way more time over the plant than statistically it should have. It was almost as if the consciousness of the plant was drawing the light towards it. Or in other words, the consciousness of the plant was bending the probabilities of the universe of, or of its environment in favor of life, you know, you know the, the, the flourishing of life. And then Adam takes it a step further, but I didn't make it into the movie, unfortunately. But he said, you know, if you understand that that's how consciousness works, that the whole universe is conscious and consciousness is bending the probabilities of the universe for life to flourish, that means that life is not this random, or I should say not random, but super rare thing that, you know, evolved on our planet, maybe a few other planets, but is really rare and precious. That means that life has evolved everywhere in extreme abundance extreme abundance it means the universe is absolutely teeming with sentient life and that's such a such a profound point and i think also just to also take away from that is that intelligence moves through all things because it you know and then it brings us back to the oneness it's like oh we're these supreme beings and this you know plant is for me and you know, it's just but everything is always communicating and i think that's also just that concept helps us to delineate, you know, the ego essentially. And I'm trying to lean into that more and more, like talking to ant like animals or the consciousness of things that I've deemed as, as less than because I've been taught that and to open to actually receive higher awareness within that exchange uh, is pretty remarkable. And I think, you know, again, helps us to heal our identity stuff around. Mm -hmm. While also simultaneously trying to heal and let go of that thought like, oh, well, everyone else is going to think I'm batshit crazy for communicating with these plants and these animals. All right, yummies. So I know many of you are extremely intuitive. In fact, I'm pretty sure all of you are, whether you know it or not. And a lot of you, in fact, every one of you have quite strong psychic senses as well that perhaps you have not yet tapped into or perhaps you'd like to strengthen and if I could have taken each and every one of you to at least just come a witness the transformation that I got to witness in person during this Bali retreat to see how Brie was able to really transform all of us including myself to 
fully strengthen and tap more deeply into our Claire senses, then I would be happy for you because it was powerful AF. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. My biggest passion and joy comes from empowering others. And one of my biggest messages is that, you know, we are all intuitive. It is an innate skill that's within us. We're generally just not taught what to do with it or how to use these skills. Um, And they just lie dormant, more or less. Um, So I created this program, which is Psychic Bootcamp. It's a 10-week online program. But it's super hands-on, and you get to practice with other students in the class, and so many people make friends. It's a really beautiful community, and it's really the only way that I'm working with people right now. So I do a monthly group coaching, um, so it's fully supported, and we just basically go from zero to psychic hero. Um, But yeah, just, you know, if you're an empath, you are an empath because you're a human. Uh, we, we work around boundaries and maintaining really healthy boundaries so you never experience anything that you don't want to and you like work out those fears about the other side, which we've all, a lot of us have, have experienced. Uh, we do angel readings and spirit guides and soul readings and animal communication. Oh my gosh, she has so many life-shifting tools in her courses. Her soul sculpting, psychic boot camp, and the belief reprogramming. What is it called? Belief reprogramming? Yeah, I don't even know what I called it, but there's a, (laughs) it's a mini course of soul sculpt. And so it's at like a cheaper price. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's basically the first couple modules of soul sculpt. So you learn the formulas that we kind of discussed, and there's a bunch of meditations and ways to begin to clear those out on an energetic conscious level and then soul sculpt is like longer 10 week goes deeper into all this work psychic boot camp as it sounds you already Mm -hmm. know um Mm -hmm. but i want to gift your listeners uh 10 percent off yeah Mm -hmm. for all of the things all the things i'm gonna put her link in the show notes it's brimelinson.com and the code is magic because duh Yeah. You know, there's um, there's a guy named uh, Werner Erhardt who started these uh, self-development seminars in the 70s called EST, which you might have heard of. It's really, really notorious or infamous. They were kind of cool. But um, he has this great line, which is, um, understanding is the booby prize. You know, the real mm-hmm. prize is experience. And mm-hmm. so you can, you know, like with this movie, we're trying to give people like a scientific and philosophical framework to understand this kind of stuff. But you, you can totally conceptually understand everything we're talking about. But if you don't participate in the experience, this information is completely worthless to you. Mm-hmm, you've, mm-hmm. Got to, you've got to actually participate in it. Uh, that's where 100% of the value is. And all these conversations that we're having and the movies we make and, you know, they're fascinating to help us understand it, but understanding is the booby prize. And that's, yeah, such a law. It's like, it's not really knowledge unless it's embodied. And, you know, we don't really know anything until we actually put it into action. And I think that's also so perfect around what we're going through right now, collectively having to really dive deep and like, do the spiritual work or the conscious work and take accountability from, you know, who, who have I thought myself to have been, (laughs) where am I investing my energy? What, you know, who I'm, who am I in the world? And um, yeah, I'm curious how, 
I guess, two things like how you've shared a little bit about how it's shifted you, especially particularly in the beginning, because you were just like 100% atheist and not interested in anything beyond what I can see and touch and feel. So how it's shifted you and then also this parallel with the movie and the shift that we're experiencing now, how can we apply it or what do you think is important or uh, how do you see this parallel with the shift that we're experiencing? I still have a lot of work to do. I'm a work in progress and I'm working on myself every day and I should not be an example to anybody (laughs) except to the extent that like, we all need to work on ourselves, right? And it's that, that old, it's such a cliche. I don't it was a Gandhi who said it, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And people like roll their eyes. But it's so literally metaphysically true. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when you really understand, and we, we touch on this in the movie again, we had, to, we had to cram so much stuff in there and it's two hours long and you could have made it, we could have made a documentary about like, you know, each one minute segment of the film. Um, but we talk about, you know, it, it was called the Maharishi effect because it was originally studied um, with uh, the TM practitioners, Transcendental Meditation Practitioners, uh, which was founded by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And they found that, you know, meditators could go into these cities and, you know, if you had 1% of the population coherent and meditating, then it would have these dramatic, you know, effects in the environment immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's an extreme example. You know, we don't, you don't have to be sitting there, you know, trying to, you know, use the force to fix the world, but it definitely helps, but just raising your own vibration and, and working on yourself um, is going to have a literal, real ripple effect that will transform the people around you. Um, and you don't have to proselytize. You don't have to, you know, preach about aliens or meditation or any of that. It will absolutely happen because we're all interconnected with, with one another and you will raise people up to your vibration and you will also attract the right people who are, who are on the same frequency as you. And then that just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. So everyone's like, Oh, I want to go, you know, I want to go pick it. The, the, the white house, I want to occupy area 51. I want to fight, you know, we have to have a revolution. And it's like, no, go, go to your room, meditate, work on yourself. That will literally change the world. So true. Any, any law that we could pass. My yeah. chills. Uh, can you see them? Can you see the chills? Oh, no. chills. I thought you were showing us your chills. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all because he's spitting truth. And it's so you funny because... You know, that's, everyone wants the revolution, but it's like, no, right. 100% within. That, when we make that inner shift, everything external to us will completely transform. We won't have to do anything else. It's so true. That is That's the, so true. And also, Michael, I love that you first prefaced it by saying that I'm the worst example because yada yada, but it's like, I think that that makes you the best example because it's so relatable because we're all human and we all are a work in progress for a reason. We still have billions of years to catch up to these other ETs who might be completely at peace with their mind and heart coherence. I love how simply Stephen Greer put it. I mean, it's simple. You, ju- you meditate. There's, there's many ways and you said that you don't have to meditate, but I love the way that he 
said it basically just meditate into and feel positive the positive vibrations yada yada get yourself into a positive state of mind and beingness and then that's when let's say if you want to that's when you can call in and share sending your location to other extraterrestrials because i've always wondered like how can you possibly just do this but simply i love that raising your vibration you can meditate and call it in or if you want to just change your own reality now like you're saying simply just be in a positive state go to your room and just be <laughs> go to your room that's basically our assignment right now like you guys are just being way too much you need to stay home figure it out be with yeah. yourselves <laughs> do as i say not as i do because i am so guilty of spending you know half my day fighting with people on twitter and being really low frequency <laughs> and you know i mean like I, I, I'm the worst example, but you Love know, just two clarifications. One is you're absolutely right. We, you don't have to meditate. What, what CE5 is in its absolute essence is you are putting out a strong enough intention with, at the right frequency where it's not fear-based, but really just open and welcoming. You're, you're putting out a, a coherent enough intention that they can pick up on it and accept the invitation and find you. For most people, it's really, 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 really hard to set an intention that's that strong. So that's why we use tools like meditation to get us into the right frame of mind. But like when I went to MacArthur Park, you know, the guy who was leading it, he, he was just looking at the sky and sending an intention and we were surrounded. He was just that good, but you know, you don't, you don't have to meditate, but it's going to, it, it's going to exercise all the right muscles in your mind to help you be able to set those strong intentions and not just for contact, but for manifesting anything in your life. It's, it's, it's the ultimate, you know, workout for your spiritual muscles. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, and I don't remember. May uh, I a second then? Because I love that you guys address in the film that it's actually more about um, having a pure intention. So that way, it's not even just fear. Some people might go there with an agenda like, oh, I want to just see these ETs, you know, and that's not the purest of intentions or perhaps there's another agenda behind it. But when your intention is truly pure and you're truly in your heart space, truly pouring out this loving energy, that is when, I guess, apparently... They come. Also, that picture, the Kundalini picture, that was wild. Isn't that crazy? That was wild. Yeah. Everybody must see that. I I got the app, the CE five app, and I was playing around, listening to the tones, and I did the meditation, and I appreciate that like new visual because I'm used to connecting in a totally different way. So I've been doing that. And then the other day I was like making a video of myself doing something dumb and I saw these lights in the background and I was like, but I just, I put set up my camera and I played the tones and it's, I'll send it to you. It's wild. Cause it's like, there's this, it's like, ring, and it's like, goes right up my, up like this crazy fast diagonal. And then the light comes around and it moves through my body and then it goes up and there's all these different clips where it's moving through me. It's like, not like dust. It's like, it's undeniable. It's just like the, these tiny little lights. You have this on camera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'd love to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, it's funny. Like, when people start getting exposed to this kind of information and this way of thinking, 
they will um, they'll start subconsciously doing CE5. You know, they'll watch the movie and you know start thinking about it, and then the next day they'll they'll you know have a crazy you know ET sighting and say, well, I wasn't trying to do it, but it, it happens subconsciously. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I think that. I mean, I can't speak for him, but I think this is actually what happened to Logan Paul. If you saw his big mm -hmm. UFO sighting, he had like a I week. I sent that to you, Brie. Mm -hmm. you, oh, I haven't seen it yet. He was, yeah, you you could explain it. It's okay. Yeah, so he, he had this crazy UFO sighting over his house. And, uh, and it was very consistent in the way it responded to him with what we see on, on CE5 expeditions. Um, and so he wasn't trying to do anything, but he had just been watching the movie. We had been in communication with him. And so we we're like, hey man, we think that you might've subconsciously kind of manifested this. Uh, <laughs> once you opened yourself up, up to this, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, um, it's not as hard I mean, as people think. If you expect it to be really difficult, it's going to be really difficult. If you just approach it totally. and expect it to be really easy and fun, it'll be easy and fun. I noticed myself too, like, you know, last night I was outside and it wasn't a very clear night. And I was like, oh, well, then I'm not going to see anything. And I was like, or you could see something like not to put yourself in like boxes of how it's going to come through. And even like those lights, that's, I didn't, you know, anticipate that or see that anywhere but then acknowledge like, oh, it can, it can come through like this as well. So I think being open and um, I mean, my abductions were definitely not, I had no idea that that's what happened until way after, but I had been opening as a channel, you know, and a microphone essentially to, you know, be like, hey, you guys, let's wake up. How about it? Let's do some inner work. So I think what I was told was like that openness you know, kind of sticking my toe in that work with, I'm sure with Logan Paul, like he's such a big mic. So I think that they also, not that it's, um, that determines anything, but I, to your point, I think when we open, there's so many different ways that we can say I'm ready. And it's just, it's just a hypothesis. I'm not saying that's what happened to him, but you know, I mean, it was pretty clear as day. It was wild. That was one of the most wild UFO sightings I've seen. Too bad that was well after CE5 already was filmed. <laughs> How can one get involved more with CE5? So, well, start doing it. Um, find, I think there's, I think in the app, but also like there's a Facebook page where you can network with people. Um, it, I, I don't, remember i think they're charging like 10 bucks for the app which is you know a lot for an app so but you can find all this stuff online for free it's it all out there the app just makes it easier um it's like everything in one place and you can network with people find people in your area form groups but it's just like the most important thing that like the most important bit of information to take away from all of this is it's not that what we're talking about with, you know, changing yourself and inner transformation is going to change the world. It's not that that's, you know, one way to change the world or the best way to change the world or the fastest way to change the world. It's literally the only way that we can have transformation. Um, there, is, there is no external thing that can happen to get us into a post-disclosure reality until we have the the 
you know, the, the shift in consciousness. It is, the shift in consciousness is a prerequisite for the disclosure that everybody wants. And I just, you know, I beat my head against the wall trying to get people in this community to understand that, that it's like, you know, stop putting all your energy into lobbying the government. It's, it, it literally cannot happen until we're at a certain level of consciousness. So it's, that's the best thing that people can do to get involved. And once you start experiencing it, you're going to have this wonderful shift in yourself. It's going to spill over into your day-to-day -day life and people are going to notice the change in you and they want to know what you're doing. And that's going to open up, you know, the conversation to share with them and people who are ready to hear it are going to just appear in your life and, and then it'll grow from there. And, and that's how you get involved. That's how you do it. You just delivered the message that I feel like the entire purpose of this entire interaction was about. <laughs> this awesome. is what people really need to know. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Bree, do you have any more questions? I'm just so thankful for your work and the time and the courage and your heart and all the things that went into this and also this <clears throat> that I got to join this today. And um, yeah, I and it's so funny because when I meditated before to be like, what are the perfect kind of like, how do we make this the best ever? Like very human. And they were just like, this is just about, you know, coherence and emergence and energy and essentially everything that you just said. It's like, that's what the ET said. Yeah, just they were just like, they wouldn't offer me anything there other than this is about you guys connecting and shifting your own consciousness just by kind of transference or resonance and then going out to the world and activating from a different space. And they were like, yeah, people, even people that don't hear it will be affected by it. But of course, people that hear this and are willing to adopt, adopt a new awareness will be shifted. Um, but this will essentially be more of an activation than anything. And uh, so it's like, okay. <laughs> so then they were like, there's nothing you can do. You've already lived your life and your life and my life. And so, yeah, how can we continue to, to show up and, and lean in um, and let go, you know, all the spiritual sayings, but. <laughs> that, is, that is so cool. Um, I, I, I love so much that you've had those kinds of interactions. I've never had those kinds of interactions with ETs. Um, I hope to. Um, um, I've seen lots of really cool stuff doing CE5. I've experienced lots of cool stuff. Never had the face-to-face -face kind of interactions that you're describing. Um, but there are so many contactees who have been all getting the same message for decades. It's exactly what you're describing. And it's, it's so consistent. And, and, you know, it's just... It's just it's up to, it's up to us to finally you know like do something about it or not. So let's. Do it. I'm motivated. I have been in the closet since, like I said, I started channeling the Pleiadians in 2014, and they started sharing you know so much information, and it all is all you know loving and helping me to get past you know, my things and also hilarious because they'd be like, here are the, you know, mysteries of the universe. And like, this is what consciousness is. And I was like, can we circle back to that guy I was dating? I have questions about like some small human thing. And it's like so embarrassing to read over them. But um, I have experienced nothing but light and love and 
high awareness and um, yeah, to share that with any of the listeners. I've never experienced anything that's been scary or even, you know, negative in any way. So um, I have full, full trust and surrender in this and I want to continue to lean in. I just had one more quick question. Are you guys uh, not, this isn't like a push. I'm just curious. Is there another movie that's, you know, more or less in the talks. And like, I'm, I'm curious what that might be about if there is. There's always another movie <laughs> in, uh, on the table. So. Okay. Well, can I be in it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Um, we should stay in touch because maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I love you. Room, maybe there's some room for, uh, for some collaboration. I can't, yeah. say, I can't say too much. Are, are you in LA, by the way? I am in Carmel, which is near Big Sur. I lived in LA for a long time, oh. and I, I go there often. I want to live in Carmel. That's, that's okay. A it's a good place to live. She has a bathtub outside with an ocean view. No big deal. It's my alien viewing station. I put a bathtub outside, and now I want to just get the right binox, which I also am curious about. I've been obsessing online. And I just want to be in the tub and just be like, you guys. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, you, know, you know what's cool? Did you ever read The Holographic Universe by, I think it was Michael Talbot wrote that? Mm-mm. Super, no, that's... super best-selling book. I think it came out in like the 90s or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it basically, it was, it was way ahead of its time. Um, it basically, you know, puts forth this sort of, it proposes a sort of holographic model of reality. And, you know, it was very controversial. And now a lot of scientists and physicists are kind of converging on, you know, on this idea. But what nobody knows is that the author, uh, this was never publicly discussed, the author actually was a contactee, a lifelong contactee, and he was given this vision of the holographic nature of the universe during the contact experience. And then he sort of set out to kind of, um, you know, having been shown the conclusion, you know, he he wanted to sort of like uh, back engineer sort of the scientific case for that. And that's what he did in this book. Never, as far as I know, never talked publicly about that. Maybe he did and I just didn't see that. But um, but yeah, he was, that was shown to him in a vision. It was really cool. Um, so I'll check it out. I mean, they've been working with us since, I mean, I really do believe they made us and they were just like, Hey girl, they're like, we're in cave drawings. Get with it. Like we've been working with you since the beginning, <laughs> but I guess with every shift, right. It's just like a little bit of a pull more into awareness in a different way. I, yeah, I have, I have to look all the questions. Maybe I just, it must do it. so exciting for them that th- we're like making even more contact. More people are making contact. That must be so exciting. You got to have enough people doing it where the mm-hmm. skies are full and it's undeniable and we reach a tipping point. We just need 1% of people. I know. I know. We I got think- it with your audience, I think. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> This, like, make, let's make everybody make a pact that here's this episode. <laughs> yes, we have to. But, uh, yeah, let's stay in touch. I'll, sh- I'll shoot you my phone number. And if you're ever in LA, let's, uh, let's grab a coffee or something. I love that. Oh, Before you I'm go, gonna... 
I have one question. Actually, I have two questions. This first one, though, I asked most guests, and I really am curious about your answer. So you walk into a time-traveling portal to see your 16-year-old self, your um, atheist self. What would you whisper with everything that you know now in his ear to prepare him for his journey ahead? That's my 16-year-old self was my contentious atheist skeptical self that's when it all happened so i would uh i would whisper you know you're not as smart as you think you are and here's a list of books you should read it'll save you years of torment (laughs) that is so good because women are like you're just like lovable and everything's gonna be okay you're like read some for these books It's the best. I love this so much. So good. That was gold. That was gold. All right. And then the, this is the last question that we ask all the Euro Magic guests. How would you advise your own magic listeners to create their own magic? The, the secret to creating your own magic is to truly realize and internalize, not just think about it conceptually, but to really internalize that you are creating your own magic. You're creating every experience that you have. You always have been. You're doing it every moment of the day. You're just doing it unconsciously. And when you truly internalize that that's what you're doing, then you can do it with intentionality. Wow. By the way, Brie, I don't know if you were looking at his eyes at that time. I think you were just channeling. You don't realize it probably, but because it sometimes feels like our own self, but that was wild. That was beautiful. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Knock those out the park. Where can everyone find CE5 and also connect with you? CE5movie.com. And uh, you can rent it on, if you go to CE5movie.com, you can see all the places where you could rent it. Um, It'll eventually probably end up on a platform like Netflix or Amazon Prime. That's gonna be months down the line. Don't wait for that. Um, you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, PlayStation. Where did you get it, Brie? I think iTunes. I rented it on iTunes. You get it on iTunes, it helps our numbers on the chart, which is always good. Um, (laughs) And uh, what was the other question? Where to find me? I'm on Twitter, usually saying things I immediately regret. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, Search for my name, you'll find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. This has been amazing. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you so much. And because she's always in LA, you two have to go have coffee. Yeah, or if you come to Carmel. I I would, well, I have to wait for Katie's to reopen after this panel. All right. Well, you also have to, yeah, I've got some other recommendations for you. All right, let's do it. Thank you so much, Michael. Have a good one. You're welcome back anytime, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Dear yummies, thank you so much, so, so much for lending your ear and taking time, valuable time for your soul to listen to this episode today. I am honored to provide this for you and I hope something in this spoke to you and shifted you in some way. I would love to personally connect with your soul on, well, of course, IRL, but also on the Instagrams or the Facebooks. My Instagram, which I am finally active on, is 
at Raquel Mantra, that is spelled R-A-Q-U-E-L-L-E Mantra. I'll put that in the show notes and make sure to not only see and respond to all the comments, but also send love back to you because why not? And then for you to also connect with me and this powerful tribe of like-minded individuals, high-vibing individuals to, to raise your vibrations, feel free to join us in the Your Own Magic secret Facebook group. That will also be left in the show notes. And feel free to browse yourownmagic.life. I have some free guided meditations on there and more information about upcoming retreats and events. And of course, my offering, my service is the Soul Tribe exclusive site for you to receive many meditations. And the most recent one was to help you reprogram your subconscious mind to see your highest potential in a hypnotic state for example like reprogramming your subconscious mind to see your highest potential while you're in a hypnotic state along with others like activating your third eye or short simple ones to ease you into your morning or alleviate anxiety and a lot of deep imaginings which i love to do personally is to just visualize and expand my imagination so i can be more creative in my day in addition to that other soul expanding journalings to ask yourself every morning and magic challenges and other spiritual rituals yada yada (laughs) anyway i love you all so much thank you so much for listening and have a magical day